Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Won't you look over to your neighbor and say, Happy Easter. Smile real big. Lean over to them. Give them a little hug. Maybe they need a hug this morning. We, we love to give a little few hugs. It's awesome. Amen. A hug will make everyone happier. Um, Easter is a season of the year where that the church uh, unilaterally gets together and uh, remembers the time of Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection. His resurrection proved that he was triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, the Bible declares. So Jesus is in victory this day. Amen. He's in victory every day of our lives because he didn't stay in the grave. So we're starting this Easter um, with a new sermon series titled Intermission. And intermission, we all know what intermission is. It's defined in the dictionary as a pause or a break. Won't you look over to your neighbor and say, it looks like you need a break. Amen. Can somebody just say amen? I, I believe that. I, I could take a good break. <laughs> need a good break. Uh, also, it means an interval between parts of a play, movie, or concert. So that is a time or a place whenever you go to the movies or a different place and maybe a ball game and they have an intermission time where that you have some free time to go do what you, you want to do, that you're not stuck in the seat. And it's, you know what it's like whenever you're out there and uh, at, at a ball game and it's like you're sitting halfway down in between everybody else and you have to get up and kind of scooch through and be like, I, I need, pardon me, excuse me, and you have to walk all the way down the aisle and it seems like you're always in everybody's way. Amen? Have you ever done that? And you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, i got to go to the potty, but I'm not going to go because I don't want to get up and walk in front of everybody and aggravate everybody else. Amen? So I'll just wait until that time, appointed time, where it's going to be an intermission that it's free time because I need some freedom. And then I'll get up and nobody will notice. Amen? How many would like to go through life not being noticed? Amen? It feels like not everybody's eyes are on you. Amen? Not everybody's mouth's talking about you. Amen? Some free time. Anybody like that? An intermission. So in this series, uh, we're going to cover some of the things to help us with that. But in this fast-paced culture in which we live, we're all, we all feel we need a break or pause from the norm. This four-part teaching series is designed to give you information from Scripture of how to live life to the fullest. We would all love to have more free time, wouldn't we? free to do the things we love without feeling rushed to make the next appointment. Basically, what I'm asking you is what you love to feel life has a purpose. Amen? Jesus used his life with intentionality to give us a pattern for success. He lived 33 and a half years and was able to even change the calendar. What have you changed lately? Amen. In 33 and a half years of his life, he lived long enough that the calendar changed because he was here. That just amazes me when I think about that, that, that all the way leading up to Jesus, they was counting through the years, and then Jesus came and they redone the calendar. Now our calendar, even today, uh, symbolizes that, that we're living 2017 years, A.D., Audio Domini, and how that that's after Christ. And we've, we've went through this many years, but he's still alive and well with us. So parents, I want to talk to you a little bit about an intermission from your kids. Can somebody say a good amen? <laughs> yeah. 
a little free time from your kids. And, and I know several of the parents that come here from week to week, and especially the mothers, I, I can just see it on your faces like I am killed. I'm done. I'm tired. Brittany's sitting there smiling real big. And, but uh, at least Eric's got a hold of Ledger, not giving him a big hug. Oh, what a good dad, right? Giving the kids a hug. Uh, intermission of free time from kids. A lot of us feel like we want that free time. I don't have kids of my own. I'm always excited whenever I get away from Jake and he no longer bugs me. Or, or Leslie's got Jake's, that's one dog. And then we've got Zoe, who's another dog that she picked up later. And now we've got Oster, Oscar the cat. So we don't just have Jake and Zoe, we've got Oscar the cat. And Oscar the cat, he feels like he owns the house. Anybody ever had a cat, a pet cat? He, he, he's just there, and he, he kind of does what he wants to do. And, and the dogs are smart enough. When I'm sitting there eating my food, they'll sit in the floor, and they won't try to get my food. They're smart enough to figure that out. Oscar, he gets up on the couch, walks over, and steps up into my plate. Like, this is my plate. What are you doing eating out of it? That's just the way he looks at me. So it's like he is determining that it's his house and not mine. I'm the one that goes to work 40 hours a week to pay the bills so that we got a house, Oscar. If it's up to you, we wouldn't have anything. He don't do anything. So Oscar is trying to determine what's going on. He's setting the pace. He's telling me what needs to happen. How many can say amen about your kids? They try to tell you everything to do. Huh? They try to say, I'm going to do it this way, and Mom, Dad, if you do anything to make me mad, I'm going to stub up and be a mule head. Amen? Make it all bad. All the parents don't want to act that way. Okay, so we'll just go on then since everybody's got their house in order and everything's perfect and it's just the ideal world you're living in. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for all of you all that that's the way it is. But there's an intermission that you're desiring from your kids. Sometimes you just think, man, if I could just get away and get away for a little season, a little time where that I'm away so that I can get uh, refreshed or renewed or strengthened. And there is a time where that there needs to be a time of refreshing. The Bible speaks about a time of refreshing. But I want you to understand this, that in 18 years, it goes by quicker than you know. I can just think about my nieces and nephews and how fast they're growing up and and actually, my nephew's here today, and he's, he's 18 years old now, and it seems like he was just born yesterday. And all the times that I probably got to babysit him, he come to my house two or three times that he come and said, hey, Uncle Ben, can I come over? Because i got nowhere else to go. Well, I'll go to Uncle Ben's house. I got to babysit him two or three times, four at the most in my life. And how quick time goes by. So, parents, I implore you today to, to make every minute count for your kids. Amen? Make every minute count. Go full tilt and think about how quick that that 18 years are over. And if you're already looking and you're saying, Pastor, you're talking to me and I've got kids that's maybe in their upper teen years and it feels like time's already slipped away and there's no time to catch up, do the best with what you've got left. Amen? Do the best with what you have left. Intermission is about looking at life and saying that I've got a pause, I've got a break, because every day is a break. Live every day of your life to the fullest. Don't go to bed at night having any regrets. Live life to where that you can say, man, I accomplished what I need to accomplish today. I told my kids I loved them. I looked at my, maybe it's your grandkids, and you looked and called your grandkids and said, I love you today. Maybe it's the last time they'll hear your voice. Leave every day with everything on the table. 
Sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness, in the rush, it, it, we feel like that we got to have more time. Everybody has the same amount of time. Just some people accomplish more with others than others. Jesus, in, in John chapter 8, we'll read a few scriptures here and look at this text. In John chapter 8, so Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. What if we only did and said what God tells us to do? We would live a better life. Amen? And the one who sent me is with me. What if we felt like God is with me in everything I'm doing? He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. How many ever felt God? Raise of hands. I, 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 there's more than that. There's a lot in here. Okay. Anybody that didn't raise your hand, you're a liar, so now you felt God because you lied. So Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Everybody say free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. The King James says, if you're free, you are free indeed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I pray today, Lord, for this intermission series. Lord, that in four parts that you will teach us. Lord, that you will lead and guide us. And Lord, that you will give us truth. And God, that there will be a freedom over every family that's represented here today. God, that it would be like a, a reset button has been placed in their life, Lord, that they can reset, that, Lord, that they would value each and every minute with their kids, with their grandkids, with their family, with their extended family, and, God, that we could live a life of freedom, Lord, that we wouldn't be burdened down with the cares of this life, but, Lord, we would know that you are near us, that you're leading us, that you're guiding us. In all things we pray, in Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Jesus understood the importance of time, and he didn't waste his. How are you doing in time management? How are you doing with time management? Do you feel like you're getting all out of life that you really want? Do you feel like you've accomplished everything that you've set out to do in life? I was listening to NPR there the day on the way to work, and, and there was a guy that they was talking to. It was a young girl, a reporter, that went out in, down in Tennessee, and she met this guy, I think it was in Nashville where he was at, and he was homeless, and she was out talking to him and, and speaking to him, and he'd, he'd end up in trouble, and he'd been in jail so many times and just different things, and, and she looked him up and started digging through back through his life to see kindly how he ended up where he was at. And this guy uh, grew up with, as a regular, just like everybody else in America. He, did, he didn't grow up homeless. He grew up with a family, ended up getting married, was a truck driver, had two children with his wife. But eventually, alcohol got the best of him. And he ended up getting divorced, lost his wife, lost his children. Drinking and truck driving don't go good together. Companies won't hire you if you're drunk. So he lost his job. Next thing you know, he's out on the street and homeless. And reporters asked him, 
Was this what you dreamed when you was a kid? Were you looking forward to the day when you was going to be homeless? The guy said, oh, no, this wasn't at all what I had intended. This wasn't what I'd intended at all. But circumstances in life have brought me here. And I feel sorry for people that are homeless. I, I, I look as I, you know, we drive by in our vehicles and we drive up to the curb and some of them, there's people out there that take advantage of people. Absolutely, I've seen the videos of the homeless people that claim to be homeless that's out buying TVs and actually live in a house and all these things. There's some up at Ashland that they got a video of there the other day that they took him in Burger King and said, look, we'll give you a job right now. If you want to go to work, we'll put a suit on you, come by this counter, and we'll put you to work. And the guy said, why would I come in and work for your wages whenever I can get $200 and stand out on the corner a day? There's absolutely people that will take advantage. But there's an equal number, over 6 million in America, homeless that sleep outside of a house Every day, six million people that are truly homeless. That's an epidemic in our land. We say we're the, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave, but what about the ones that get lost? And most of them are people that are retired military people that end up with PTSD and all these different things that's going on in our culture. And they're living in a free country where that they fought and died and bled for, and they're living out on the streets in poverty. Don't even have a place to lay their head. And yet we say we're the home of the free. How free is that? How much compassion do we have? And Jesus, when he was in ministry, when he was here on this earth, as he went about doing good, the Bible says that he would heal all that were diseased. He would, he would have compassion on those that, that needed compassion. He would have mercy on those that needed mercy. And if we're going to be like Jesus and we need an intermission in our life that seems like we need more, I'm telling you right now, everybody in this room, we have enough. If you compare yourself with that homeless person out on the street, look at your neighbor and say, I believe you've got enough. Amen? If we would ever get the reality of how blessed we are, we would see what an intermission our life has already been. Amen? I'm free. I'm free to go to work. I'm free to sleep in on Saturdays. Amen. I love it, don't you? I'm, I'm free for holidays. I'm, I'm free that I've got a vehicle that I can just drive wherever I want. I'm free that I can go down to the gas station and fill it up with gas because God has blessed me with a, enough money to fill my tank up. I've got a lot of freedom in this life. And every time we get in this pity uh, mode that we, we, we wonder about how awful it is in our life, we need to look around just a little bit and we'll see somebody a lot worse off than us. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, it looks like you've already had a break. <laughs> you've had a break in life. Amen? If you watch the videos of our missionaries, they come in here and they'll show the little kids drinking water out of a mud puddle that has to walk two miles to get it. Looks like you've already got a break. Amen? So as we see these things, Jesus was a master at time management. He always was where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Even Mary and Martha, they were distraught the time their brother had passed away because he was sick, and they sent and said, Jesus, come and heal my brother. Jesus didn't come when they wanted him. But he showed up two or three days later. They'd already had the funeral. Their brother was in the grave. And Jesus walks up to the grave. And the Bible says Jesus wept and he called forth, come out. <laughs> Amen. And when Lazarus come forth, 
He come out of the grave. He was alive. What if Jesus could bring some, some life, some vitality back to you, things that you thought were already dead in your life? Some things, maybe it's some dreams that you've gave, given up on that you thought just wasn't possible anymore. As I hear the story on NPR about the homeless guy down there in, 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 in Nashville, as I was thinking about that, I thought, just give him that dream again, God. Let him, let him have a vision or let him have a revelation, God, that you can move in his life, that he doesn't need alcohol to overcome the obstacles in life. He needs you. Jesus can fix your problems. Jesus can erase your mistakes. He's a master at time management. And he knows so well the things and how much long, longer you have on this earth that he can even master managing your time if you allow him to. He will speak to you. He said, I must go away that I can send a comforter to you. How many would like to have some comfort in life? Amen? Where's that the Holy Spirit would speak to you on a daily basis and say, get up this morning and go down to that corner and do this or go over there into that complex and help these people like this. I thank God for the assemblies of God and the things that they, they come and they give us all this stuff to go give to our community because it's not about what's inside the walls of the church. It's what's outside the walls of the church. Amen. There's people out in our community in Lewis County that are hurting, that are dying, that are drug addicted. There's all kinds of turmoil going in our community. And what our community needs right now is a little compassion. They don't need judgment. Amen. So as we say this, there's 18 years to grow, to your kids grow up. I'm sure some parents hold on to them even after they're 18. I remember when I turned 18, I thought I knew it all. Figured out pretty quick how much I didn't know. Amen. 18 years, if you divide that out into minutes, there's five... 525,600 minutes in a year. So in total, you've got your kids for 9,460,800 minutes from the time they're born to the time they turn 18. And that sounds like a lot of minutes. 9 million minutes is a lot of minutes. But how many of those minutes do we waste? And I'm telling you today, Stop worrying about how many days you're going to spend with your kids or how many months you're going to spend with your kids or how many years you're going to spend with your kids. Start taking care of the minutes and the hours and the days and the months and the years will take care of themselves. I'm here asking you today for an intermission in your life and begin to use your minutes wisely. How many minutes has your kids heard you say, I love you? How many minutes has your kids had you to hug them and brag on them about something? The break you need is not a break from them. It's a break for them. And I believe in this season in our life, and as Bethesda, we need to be a church that has compassion on kids. Amen? 
Those little fellers that's back in that room back there playing and flipping around and fighting over the guitar and <laughs> pushing all the little buttons on the squeaky noise-making toys and all that. What they need is a church that will show them what it's like to love God and love people. If they want to be trained in the ways to know God, if they want to be like Jesus, they need to see you mastering your time so that when they get old and begin to go down the, the, the struggles of their life, that they'll understand that every minute counts. I assure you that the people that have passed away in this past little uh, part of this year, I've seen so much hurt and devastation and all these different things happening around me of people being hurt. If they could get back a minute, they would change things. But I can tell you right now, you can't change anything in your past other than giving it to Jesus and say, forget about it, God. That'll change it. But you can't go back and relive that. The only minutes you've got are the minutes you are in right now and the minutes you have left. That's the only thing you can do anything with. Be intentional about what God is doing. You see, in that time, in that season of, of uh, the history where Jesus was at when he was there, the people that were questioning Jesus in this John chapter 8, they were uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, and they were, they were actually barking out orders at Jesus, and they were, they were trying to tear Jesus down because he was being so effective. Because whenever people get set free from the bondage of life, of feeling like life is overwhelming, that life ain't worth living. And whenever somebody comes in and teaches people that there's enough, to, there's, there's a lot to life, and yes, it's, it causes some anxiety, that there's some fears, that there's some unknowns, but you can live life to its fullest. And Jesus started preaching and teaching to people, and they began to get set free from the bondage of sin in their life. And when they was walking in freedom, man, they, they were just joyous. They were overwhelmed with the glory of God and walk around with a newness and a newness about life. And whenever they were doing this, the Pharisees and Sadducees were mad because that was, they were basically the political leaders of their day. And the political leaders wasn't looking out for people's freedom. They were looking out to put out laws and make new regulations and pass new ordinances and doing all the things to put bondage on people. When Jesus said, I didn't come to put you in bondage. I didn't come to make a new law for you. I came to set you free. If you've never been set free by the blood of Jesus, today would be a good day. Today would be a good day to make a decision right now to say, from this point forward, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to turn my life over to him. And, and sure, there's still some heartaches can come. There's some troubles can come. And, and the winds of life can blow around me and seem like devastations here. But in the midst of that, I'm going to have God and know he's with me. And I'm going to have a freedom and a peace that passes all understanding. Those people didn't understand that. They were trying to tear down what Jesus was saying. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't give in to think that there was this poor carpenter's son was going to raise up and be so famous among the people. They was mad because of the fame. Just like every politician we see today. All they fight over is airtime. See how long they can get on CNN or Fox News or on MSNBC. All it's about is playtime. How many, how many minutes did you get this month? How many, how many hours did you get on the screen this month? It's all about a popularity contest. Let me tell you something, when there's a freedom in God, 
It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. I'm going to live in the freedom of God. Know that God is with me. And if God be for me, who can stand against me? Let them talk. Let them walk. Let them speak evil things of me. Do like what Jesus said. He said, pray for those that despitefully use you. This past week, I'm praying for people that's saying bad things about me. You know why? Because i got a freedom to walk in being me. I am Ben Collier, and Jesus has created me. I don't need anybody else's fame. I don't need anybody saying good things about me because God says good things about me. What does he think about me? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. There's a freedom in that. Jesus didn't waste his time. Sure, he would line them out when they come to him accusing him because they brought this adulterous woman laid down, and they caught her in the very act of adultery. Why was they there? See, drama-filled people are always around drama because they create it. Amen? People that live and love drama, it just it brings them excitement, and it's like, oh, joy, another big dose of drama. Ain't this awesome? If you need freedom from anything, you need freedom from that. I don't need any drama. don't need any more. I want to take just a few minutes here. It's 11.50, so I'm going to give you one minute. And I want you to talk to your neighbor. This is an intermission in a sermon. I've never done a sermon where that I had an intermission. It's like a ball game. I'm giving you a minute. I want you to tell your neighbor some of the ways you're wasting your time. And I prefer it to be somebody that you don't. Just, just talk to your neighbor. T talk to them. It's an intermission. Free time. Never had an intermission in sermon. Go ahead. Tell your neighbor about how you waste your how you waste your time. Amen. Sounds like everybody's wasting time because there's a lot of noise going on. Must be a lot of time wasters out there. <laughs> there, there was something. I, I always put off things. Is there any, what's that, a pessimist or, or procrastinator? Yeah, that's, I'm a pessimist too, but procrastinator. Okay. Is there any procrastinators in the room? Anybody self-proclaimed procrastinator? That's me. I, I put off things. I don't do it when I need to do it. And I, I, I wait, and I'll say, why, put off, why do today what I can put off till tomorrow? I mean, why would I want to get anything accomplished? My dad makes a, a, a list of things to do every day of his life. He keeps a notebook. He can tell you what he did in 1973. He can tell you what the weather was. He's got a little notebook every night. He sits down and writes what the weather was, this, what I've done today. We was up there a while back, and, and my dad got out his little notebook. It was from back in the 70s sometime, and he said, me and Ma fought today. 
He keeps down everything. But my dad is one of the most organized. I mean, he gets he accomplishes more things than anybody I know because he writes them down and makes a, a literal note to say, this is what I want to check off tomorrow. I want to clean the gutters out. I want to get the chicken wire fixed. I want to do, he, he makes a list, exactly what he wants to accomplish. And just about every day of his life, he check marks off what he wants to get done because he literally does that. If I could tell you anything today to do, make you some checklists. And the reason you've been wasting your time and putting things off is because you don't have them wrote, wrote down where that they aggravate you to death. If you write down a to-do list, I promise you, Leslie does this. She, she's a lot like my dad. She, she writes down a, a to-do list and got it all right, wrote out and check marks them off. And I don't have no checklist. And I've got a barn that I've been working on for the past, I've lived there since 2010. Finally got concrete poured in it. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's two years ago. And I still, I'm, I'm going to get them shelves up over there, and I, I'm going to get me a workbench built, and I'm going to get this done and that done, and I, I'm going to get electricity run over to the to the barn. I'm, I'm going to have electric in it. And you know what I'm talking about, Earl? Just uh, Sunday, I'm going to do that, and it's going to be awesome. In my mind, if you could see what my barn would look like, my garage would look like, it, you'd just be dumbfounded. and be like, man, that's the most awesome barn I've ever seen. But you go over there, and it looks like a bomb went off in the middle of it. There's just stuff that's scattered everywhere. And I go to the auction every Tuesday and Friday because that's what I like doing. And I go down and buy more stuff for the barn someday. And it's all laying in boxes and just scattered everywhere. Well, yesterday, Leslie finally guilted me in because I went to a welding thing. And I come back home, and when I got out, I still had my fancy shirt on. She was standing there, and she was washing the car and cleaning my car. I took her truck, so... And she was there, and she was washing my car and cleaning out the inside of my car. And I pulled in the driveway, and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and sit on the couch. Because I like sitting on the couch. Amen? Can somebody say I need a good break every now and then? And I think I've had enough breaks, though, because as I was doing it, she said, won't you carry this stuff over in the barn? All the stuff I had piled in my, Jerry's sitting there looking like, oh, no, he's talking. <laughs> I had all this stuff piled in my Tahoe, and as she was cleaning it out, she had it all piled up and said, carry it to the barn. It ain't going back in the Tahoe. Okay. So I start picking stuff up and carrying it over there. Then I get over and look around and say, yeah, I'm going to get them workbench and I'm going to move them down to the, the end of the t to the end, the end of the barn. So they said, okay. And then finally I rode the door up and she come over and she's going to help me because she knows that I'll quit within an hour. Well, not an hour, 15 minutes. And she's not there. So she stays with me and, and she tells me. And I got my toolbox rolled out and I was going to move it to the other side so I could put the workbenches over where they go. And the next thing you know, my mind, I'm back there digging through another box full of a bunch of junk, just looking what kind of junk I've got. Hey, I've already swept this corner out. Get the workbench down here. So she starts lying me out, telling me what to do every step. Next thing you know, in about an hour's time, what I have put off for three years got accomplished in an hour. Because I had somebody leading me. <laughs> had somebody pushing me. Had somebody encouraging me. What if you teach your kids to be successful? And you can be a picture of that. I think like Mark back in the back. First time I met him, he talked about the dream that he always had to be, become a policeman. He's done a lot of different things in life, worked a lot of different types of jobs, but finally comes down to where that he, he gets the chance to become a police officer. He's older than me, I think. Nope, I'm older. <laughs> Dang it. At 38 years old, he goes to the police academy 
and gets down there in a, in a room full of people, a bunch of 20-year-olds, or even teenagers, some of them, that wants to be police officers. How many miles do you have to run a day? One and a half to two every day. Anybody want to volunteer for that? For one, I can't run a mile and a half. <laughs> and two, I, I ain't got the gumption, really. But he finally got to do what he desired. And God gifted him with that. What, what if God can cause you, maybe even later in life, maybe you're in your 60s. Maybe you can look at your kids and say, man, I messed up on them. Wish I had it to do over again. Now your kids has got grandkids. Amen. Another opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Amen. Maybe your grandkids is a lost cause. Maybe they're getting ready to have kids. Another restart. Another chance. Look at everything in life with an op as an opportunity. And God will be with you. God will lead you and guide you just like Jesus did for the people he set free here on this earth. I know there's some people in this room today that feels like you're overwhelmed with some issues of this life. And you're thinking, I don't need another to-do list, Pastor. I feel overwhelmed already. I just want to pray for you today that you'll receive some freedom, that you can let go of those things and let Jesus be the Lord and Savior of your life and let him lead and guide you, that he can fix some things that's broken, that he can bring some comfort, that he can bring some peace. Won't you stand with me, if you will? Let's let you come play. Your life is yours to live. You have the freedom to do as you wish. God will not force himself upon anyone. Today I'm begging you to choose freedom before it's too late. Jesus promised a life of freedom to the, all those that will listen. We just read the scripture here just a moment ago. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus offered it. He said all you need to do is obey my teachings. do what I told you to do and you'll have freedom our unbelief will cost us many more hardships in our lives what we need to do is believe that Jesus came to set us free won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will Holy Spirit I pray today Lord that you would just minister to the people in this room. And God, for this intermission time, Lord, they talked for a minute, a few moments ago, about some things they're doing, wasting time. I know there's some people in this room, I heard some of them say that it was Facebook, that they spent too much time on Facebook. Lord, I heard all kinds of things that they said they were wasting their time on. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would change their lives from this point forward. Lord, that you would teach them the importance of every minute, of every moment. Lord, let them cherish their kids. Let them cherish their grandkids. Lord, give them check-off lists to do. 
Give them the courage to do it. Give them the courage to do it, God, and, the, and the, encourage them along the way as they begin to check things off in their life, Lord, of things they want to accomplish, even if it's small things, God. There's some people in this room that heard me talking about a garage, and, and they're thinking, yeah, I, I want to get mine done too. God, I pray for even things on this earth to get accomplished in their life. But most of all, help them to trust you as their Savior. Everybody's head bowed, eyes closed. Is there anybody in this room today that would say, Pastor Ben, I want to raise my hand and I just, I just want to I want more freedom in God. I want this freedom of Jesus that you're talking about. I want an intermission in my life. I want a, I want a freedom. Is there anybody here to raise your hand and say, that's me? I need some more freedom. Amen. Thank you for those hands. God, I thank you that you're going to accomplish the things that their heart desires today. Lord, as they trust in you. I want everybody here to just pray this prayer with me, if you would. Everybody say, Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you, forgive me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings, all my shortcomings. Help me to do the things you've called me to do. Let me use my gifts for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Let me accomplish the things that you've allowed me to dream. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe wholeheartedly that God hears the cries of his people. Romans 5, 5 tells us that one man's sin brought sin in the world, and by one man, all the world was released of their sin, and that man was Jesus. So if you prayed that prayer and meant it with your heart that you're accepting Jesus as your Savior today, as your Lord, I promise you, you're in for a whole new life. And there's a freedom that's coming that you'll cherish. Amen.